Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. It's our monthly releases episode, and we have a variety of awesome creatives, including some who have never been on the pod before. I thought that was impossible. First of all, we welcome Trent Jamison and Brent Wilson. I tried to make them a benefit name. I came up with Bramison. I don't think it's very good. They are the <laughs> dynamic duo and creators of what is yet to be a cult classic, Mr. Impoppable. Welcome, Bramison. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. (laughs) Very excited to hear about your travels. You've been everywhere. So uh, we'll get to all that publicity stuff, which is always, uh, you know, the tricky bit for us authors when trying to get people to care about your books, right? Uh, our next guest is Lynn Tanner with her magical new book, Bell Hound. Ah, thank you. Lovely to be here. A bit different. A very, very different. Yeah, I've kind of. It's kind of Spellhound is kind of the 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 love child of Rita's Revenge and oh. the Keepers trilogy. It's oh. this saucy love it. Yeah. <laughs> and last and definitely not least, we have Sharon Giltrow with her brand new picture book, Let's Go Shopping, Grandma. I know my kids are always saying that because my grandma spends a lot more money on my kids than I do. So welcome, Sharon. Hi, thank you for having me. So as usual, we're going to start off with the elevator pitch so people know what we're talking about in case they haven't got their hands on your books yet. So Brent and Trent, does do one of you want to give me an elevator pitch of Go the quirkiest book I've ever read, Mr. <laughs> Impoppable? It is about Gerald, who is the balloon popping champion of the world. And when he meets Mr. Impoppable, an impoppable balloon person, um, he has to decide. Like it, it's like the immovable object meets the unstoppable force. It's um, you know, will that lead to conflict? Will it lead to friendship? It, it's it's about patience. It's about yeah, making friends, and um, it's just it's about escalation. And um, mm. I, I, I really, it's the silliest thing I've ever written, and I, I love it to bits. I love it to bits too, and you know, it's about a personified balloon who can't be popped. Indeed, <laughs> I do like the escalation though, because I found that really interesting. And you know, we get to the popatron, mm. uh, and that's when things start to really escalate. Brent, as an illustrator, you first read this book. You yep. just heard the elevator pitch. What were your first thoughts when you were like, oh, Trent, where were you when you wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> well, the original one had a couple of extra scenarios of, yes. of uh, Gerald trying to pop Mr. Impoppable. And I, my genuine thought was, how the heck am I going to draw all <laughs> of these things? Um, 
And I think a couple of them made into they made it into the uh, my original thumbnails as well. And I thought, man, this is a doozy. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. I loved it because it just reminded me of uh, something that should have been written. I think you know, 40 years ago uh, or 50 years ago, you know, back in the golden era of like Susian times, some crazy book about a kid trying to pop a balloon person who can't be popped. So yeah, when I first read it, I was really, uh, I was, I, I thought this would be awesome. Yeah. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I, I was really <laughs> excited to be uh, considered. Yeah, it was one of those uh, books that you first read and you went, wow, I've actually never read anything like this. And mm. so, you know, your illustrations, that kind of retro vibe gave it that real, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a cult classic. Time will tell, but, you know, you've heard it here. We haven't actually heard it here first. One of the reviews has already said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I hope so. I hope people get on board with it. I hope that maybe uh there's a little bit of curiosity when they see the mm. cover and they're like what's this all about you know yeah. i think it's pretty it's pretty bold it's pretty exciting on the shelf so hopefully it is yeah. and i actually think it it um sort of it, it goes beyond it transcends age groups as well you know my son is mm. is 10 and he you know he's reading all your wings of fire and all that kind of stuff and i said just have a look at this i think you'll like it and you know he's sort of beyond those picture books now but i always make him read them and he was like oh my god this is really good can i have oh, this so you know as you're really extending that age group out with that picture book because it's got so much in it and can be read from so many different levels so yeah and i the i think the illo is kind of uh I, I approached it as, um, I don't know, maybe thinking it was it, just sort of picturing it as an animated, something that could be animated. Yeah, absolutely. And, sort of, and working with a few different cam mm. camera angles. So maybe um, maybe visually that's appealing to, yeah. to you know, the young, the maybe, old. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And Disney, if you want to make us an offer, you know where to find us. Yeah. Leon, over to you. Can you give us an elevator pitch of your magical book, Spellhound? I can. Spellhound, it's the story of an enormous magical pup, a 10-year-old queen, and a very small, very frightened Minchwigan who has inherited the unfortunate title destroyer of dragons and protector of her people. And these three are setting out to find the dragon that has stolen the pup's parents and that might have stolen the queen's parents too. We're not quite sure. <laughs> and I love the cover. That is just an incredibly cool cover with, uh, you know, the big puppy's face in the front. I love Isn't it. Isn't it a gorgeous cover, that big <laughs> snoz kind really of right cool. at the front. The cover, the first time I saw that cover, it just made me laugh so much. <laughs> it still does. It's just adorable. Dogs are always a win. So tell me, you said it was a bit of a love child between other books. Tell me how it emerged. Um, it after I like I started off writing fantasy trilogies mm -hmm. and uh, then I wrote A Clue for Clara and Rita's Revenge which were this kind of major swerve away from mm -hmm. what I'd been doing into humor and into a slightly younger age group too and then I finished off those two and I had this book that had been sitting in the back of my mind for a while and it was kind of a it was it was going back to fantasy which I love and which has kind of always been my first love but it was also incorporating the humour of Rita's Revenge and that kind of slightly daft humour um, of Rita's Revenge and A Clue for Clara. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of the love child of those, of those two things. Which, <laughs> and it was, it was the most enormous fun to write. I, I, um, when I started it, I, I decided I wanted, wanted a narrator. And uh, I, I, I started off with this narrator who, 
who makes comments, you know, who I sort of wanted, I wanted to get that sense of somebody sitting around the fireside with a bunch of kids in front of them and they are making the kids part of the story. So that's that's kind of what I set out to do. I love all of that. And I love how writers like yourself and, you know, Trent as well, you can just write different things all the time. And it just, because I think often writers like, oh, you're a picture book writer, you're a children's writer, you're a crime writer. But I think, you know, we're obviously, you're obviously capable of, you know, writing all different things and all the ideas that, you know, come into your brain. You can you can write a book that it's, is, is Yeah, different. look, I think it's really nice. It's really nice to, to do something else mm. and to do something very different. And I don't understand how people kind of write the same mm. thing over and over and over and over again for, for you know, 40 years. Um because you 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 know you do you use different parts of your brain you have fun you kind of shift things around a bit and and it's a real delight and it it keeps it fresh I think it keeps it keeps it fun and it keeps it fresh in your own mind mm, absolutely Sharon over to you elevator pitch let's go shopping grandma so this is the cover I haven't actually got the book yet so <laughs> let's go shopping grandma and you can see it's a picture book, so the characters are a grandma and a child. And it's written in the uh, second person point of view, a role reversal story. So the child is taking grandma shopping. So she announces it's time to go shopping and then they walk to the bus and grandma dawdles to the bus and then they get on the bus and it, um, when they get to the shops, it's sort of based, my grandma wants to push the shopping trolley, but the child remembers what happened last time grandma pushed the shopping trolley. And it's um, all the things that children do when they go to the shop. So it's a role reversal. So grandma's doing the things that typically a child would do <laughs> when you take them shopping. So it's um, based on my own children or my experience and my own like taking my own children shopping <laughs> uh, when they were younger. Now they won't go to the shops with me because they're teenagers. So <laughs> unless I'm buying them new shoes or new clothes. <laughs> um, so it's all the things that parents have to um, get through to get the shopping done. Yes, so, I can um, relate. I, yeah, so very <laughs> relatable. Um, and I like to write about that and to make it fun. Um, for parents and you know and grandmas and everyone loves going shopping with their grandmas so um, yeah so that's let's go shopping grandma so it's an essential guide for anyone who has ever taken a grown-up shopping <laughs> um, yeah. so it's so I've also got my other books get ready mama so that's about getting a mama ready in the morning and my first book which was bedtime daddy which is about getting a daddy ready for at night so i can guarantee it's not a struggle to get any parent to bed at night <laughs> no, exactly so the family continues um so the next one that's coming out is um let's go to the beach grandpa so it's ah, about taking great. grandpa to the beach and all the things that parents have to do to <laughs> have a fun time at the beach and all the things they have to take so yeah and it is nice getting you know the family involved because they're really nice stories to read you know uh, grandparents reading to their kids and having that fun and I always think picture books are really special because they're they're time capsules of you reading to your kids you know and I always remember the books that I read to my kids you know how they you have to read the same one 500 million times but you always remember it and now that they're you know a little bit bigger you think oh I remember you know this book and how special it was so it's, they become more than books right Yes, that's right. And because I still work with young children, I'm a teacher as well. So I, you know, I'm still um, around young children. I still <laughs> find what they do in their daily lives really 
hilarious and funny. Yes, yeah. Kids, kids <laughs> do certainly uh, bring joy to us, and we've all all here um, written for children or illustrated for children. And I think, you know, kids bring us joy. Adulting gets very serious sometimes, mm. and I think you know, connect, reconnecting with kids, I think, brings back the joy in our lives, which is often, you know, unjoyful sometimes. <laughs> Now, let's head back to Brent and Trent, because I have seen you just smashing the publicity. You've got these amazing merchandise. You're doing a book launch at every bookshop in the land. Amazing. <laughs> Queensland. <laughs> in, the, in the land called Queensland. Um, it's incredible. I love the enthusiasm. I love how you, you're working as a team. You know, that doesn't happen all the time. And, you know, I want to know about, your publicity journey, did you find it easy? Did you find it hard? I find publicity for books can be difficult, particularly kids' books in Australia. So tell me about your journey. Well, I, I think um, this is Trent speaking, not Brent. Um, <laughs> I, I've been working in books for a long time. I've been writing for a long time. So I've been writing for about 30 years. Um, and publicity is always the hardest thing. And I think uh, I've had a, about 10 books out now I'm starting to understand how to do it a little bit better but I also work in a bookshop as well I work mm -hmm. at Abbott um so that therefore I've got access there and at Wild Things so that that's an advantage too and I, I feel like because I had Brent on board and he's so visual and he had just great ideas for things we could do um we did, I just thought well let's to hell with it let's just see what we can do and yes. see where we can go and we've um you know, it's. I feel like Brent has actually driven a lot of this. I'm still very antisocial. <laughs> I like to sit in. This is this is my office when I can get in here because I have two little children, and so does Brent. So we actually that's another great thing. We understand what it's like to be at the stage in life that we're at. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, it's like it's been really good to have this other person who pushes you, and because they're working hard, you want to work hard as well, and. Um, so, yeah, I think publicity is always hit and miss. Um, I feel like, you know, and, and, and social media is this, it's become a bit fragmented at the moment, but it's just, I think we've both decided to have fun. This is a beautiful, fun book to play yeah. around, to talk about. It's probably the easiest book I've ever written to describe what it's about. Um, so I've just really enjoyed being able to, you know, talk about this book and to show this wonderful artwork that I'm 100% behind um and to have you know my artist has got my back and because mm. you know when, when books sell badly it's not the artist that uh, that tends to suffer it's the writer <laughs> they can just move on and um it's just been really good and I, I've just really just decided I'm going to enjoy this process not get too stressed out by it and and I, I guess that's it I mean what about you Brent yeah I, I was I've been thinking about this because I think I came from a design background, so you know, clients they uh, they want stuff. They say no to a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's just my kind. It was my job for a long time to um, kind of produce interesting visuals. And when when this book came out, because we we I don't we didn't collaborate a lot in the making of the book, but Trent and I got to know each other during that time, and there was moments where. Um, a couple of little text changes happen and stuff and we worked out, oh, okay, we can we can talk with each other and, and we can actually together create the end result. Um, and so since that and with all this stuff, it's like, hey, man, do you want to do, should we do some stickers? Let's do a sticker sheet. That would look cool. And, and Trent's like, yeah, let's go for it. So we've been really like 
you know, collaborative with the type of merch that we've been creating. Um, I've always wanted to do pins. We have some gorgeous um, pins. There's a wonderful Australian um, company called the Pin Factory that I got onto. Um, and they produce these gorgeous little Gerald pin and a Mr. Impoppable pin. Um, and so for me, some of it's just been me wanting to do stuff for myself because I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and then having Trent backing it is like the green light on some of this stuff, which may, <laughs> may, may have been, you know, something I never would have done. I've had other books where I've, I've not really felt like it was my place necessarily to, to push them because, um, you know, I provided the visuals, but it was certainly somebody else's book, but I really feel like this has been our book. And so it's, it's on both of us to kind of get it out there and make it fun. And, uh, um also you know i've met people through my journey where i'm like would you be interested in chatting about this do you like this book would you would you would you pop it on your socials be, you know would you like a copy and that sort of stuff so we've sort of tapped into that and and yeah it's been fun but we've always sort of been together on it all mm. um which has been really cool because we're a little team i think um and that's pretty rare that's quite a rare mm. thing to have it shouldn't be I'm, though you know it shouldn't be but well, it is I think the geography has really yeah. helped us out. Yeah, absolutely. So tomorrow, uh, Trent and I have a. Um, sorry, oh, can I time stop? Can I? Sure. I'm gonna have to put an editable thing in here. These are timeless. They're fine. So okay, at some... sure. <laughs> I'll say at some point. Sorry. At some point. <laughs> um, Trent and I uh, have another launch that we'll be going to, and um, I get to pick him up from his house. He gets to travel in the car with me. That's, you know, I think that's a rare thing. If we were in other states, yeah. it wouldn't be happening that way. So it's, we're pretty lucky from that perspective. Mm, I love it. I love the teamwork. And I, I actually do really enjoy watching the journey on social because it looks like you're really having a lot of fun, you know. And publicity, mm. as we said, it's hard, um, unfortunately, to get, you know, big media to care about books because I don't know what they're caring about, but <laughs> it doesn't seem to be much about books. Um, so it is difficult, but I love your journey because it does seem like you are just really you know enjoying yourselves and, and and teaming up and doing that and i still want to talk to you at the end of this and how i can buy one of those pins because they are glorious so we'll chat about that after after the episode <laughs> remind me uh, <laughs> leon tell me about your journey with publicity um if it was different what do how do you feel about it what are you doing Oh gosh! Um, <laughs> That's everyone's response. Oh, really? I've got to. I know. I know. I, I think it's one of those things that that most authors hate um, because it's it's it's. It, I, I'm I'm with Trent here. I'm antisocial. <laughs> you know, and I we're all here home. in a group chat. <laughs> I want to stay home and write. That's kind of my idea of fun. Um, but. Uh, it, look, we, ha we had a fantastic launch. Uh, we had a, a great launch at the State Library of Tasmania. Um, and I must say that if you ever want somebody who will do something really well, get librarians to do it. They are absolutely amazing. So, so we, had, um, we had this fantastic launch, uh, very child-centred, um, with lots of green jelly babies and swords and... Um, and a forest and all sorts of stuff like that. So my, my aim with publicity for this has been, again, going by what Trent said, has been to have fun with it. Um, and that is mostly has, uh, it seems to be mostly word of mouth, you know, like, and going to schools for me is the priority in that that sort of seems to have 
that sort of seems to be the where the word spreads most so you know like I mean I've, I've done podcasts and they're great and I really appreciate being invited onto them but kids talking to each other and parents talking to each other about books I think is is the number one thing and of course booksellers hand selling them so talking to booksellers talking to kids having fun in schools I mean it's hard not to have fun with a dragon a giant dog and a minchwigan you know like you you would <laughs> have to be really you would have to struggle not to have fun with those things so <laughs> I have I have just such a good time when I go into schools and you're absolutely right there's no better publicity than being in front of 100 kids you know talking about your book and then they're getting excited about the book because they've met the author and there's there's a bit of magic about that I think Exactly. Yeah. Um, I I do these little cards. I, I do little business cards for every book I, I publish. Uh, so it's a business card, you know, kind of standard business card, and it's got the cover of the book on the front and my social media on the back and a quote from the book on the back. And what I love about this is that I can give them to kids. Mm-hmm. So if I go into, you know, if I'm talking to a class of kids, I can, you know, stand it here, 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 because they all want your autograph. So mm-hmm. instead of I say, no, no, I'm not going to sign bits of paper. Here, have one of these and I'll sign this instead. And it's lovely. And it gives the kids something to take home. It gives them, you know, something to hand to their parents and say, mum, buy this book. <laughs> buy all of these books, mum, all of the, all of yeah. Leanne's books that she has. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think that's exactly right. You know, when kids are going into a bookstore, there are so many books, beautiful colours. They're beautifully, you know, all the covers are gorgeous for, you know, junior fiction, middle grade picture books. So what do they choose, you know? Mm. I know. I I think I think it's actually quite dispiriting sometimes going into a bookshop. You know, you look, there are so many books and you think, why would I write another one? There are so many books in this world. And the only reason you write another one is because you love doing it. You know, the the world does not need another book. Um, But you do it because you love doing it. and It's fun. That's why. I think I think it changes every time you go into a bookstore. It's exactly that feeling, Lynn. We're like, oh wow, like no one's ever going to buy my book. There's 50 million other beautiful books there. Or sometimes you're like, wow, how cool is the Australian kid lit industry? So I fluctuate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It is a mixture of those two things, depending on the day. <laughs> depending on if I've had a hot chocolate before or after, really. <laughs> And my job is I, I run the returns department at work, so it's the most depressing mm-hmm. job I've to run because you you understand the lifespan of a book. Yeah, uh, it it does give you a, a sense of urgency because you know these books are only on the shelves unless they're really really loved. They're only on the shelves for a certain amount of time, so you know you've got that window to sell a book as as a writer. And yeah, I think that the really important decision is to like have fun with that that process and not get too stressed out about it because there's only so much you can control so you might as well have fun with that mm. I think so there, there there is a limit to what you can do isn't there you know you sort of I, I always think that my job is to write absolutely the best book I can and then to do as much promotion as I can but there's there's a limit to to what you can do so yeah to have fun with it is is the main thing Mm. now Trent Leon mentioned hand selling uh what makes a bookseller hand sell a book is it you having to love it have you really engaged with the author what is it that makes you go oh someone comes in buy this book this is amazing I I really I think it's well booksellers talk so there's the books that you've read and loved 
and then you talk to all of your um, colleagues as well, and the stuff that they love, you hand sell too. Okay. One of the okay. tricks is just you can, you know, I have little kids, I can't read a lot. Mm. Um, so, you know, I talk to, ask everyone what's their, what they're reading, what they're liking, and those are the books that stick. And then if somebody says, well, I want this type of book, you can, you can direct them. Um, so mm. it really is just actually talking about books a lot while you're there. Um, and then talking to readers as well. If somebody says, I absolutely adored this book, you generally go, oh, why? Why did you like it? And then you, you can hand sell that way too. So there are the books that you adore and that you will constantly hand sell. <laughs> there are the books that don't need hand selling because there's a huge amount of publicity. Yeah. Um, generally pointing them. And then there are the books that <laughs> other people love and tell you about. So, I mean, as a bookseller, you have to be open to all of those things. Mm, I love and, that. Yeah, you know, it's just the, the thing that I love to do is find the right book for that reader. It's mm. not what I yeah. like, but it's what I think yeah. is going to fit there. Mm, I love and, that. But having a bookseller, having a bookseller who's enthusiastic, you know, who is handing your book to people and saying, you know, you will love this or your kids will love this. I mean, how valuable is that? That's That's just an extraordinary thing. It absolutely is. And kids' booksellers, because I work in the the adult end, so I'm, a, I'm an avid reader, not where the wild things are, but the, our kids' booksellers are the best. They really mm. they engage so deeply with, with the material. They're, you know, they read so widely. They're there genuinely trying their best to give someone the book that they want. And, yeah. you know, for, for an adult bookseller, it's like, oh, I want a book like this. Oh, here's this one. And it's mm. very simple. Whereas, you know, a person goes into a kid's bookstore and it's like, I want a book for my child that's going to change their life. And you've, <laughs> you've got to go, well, maybe Mr. Impoppable. There I was we go. about to say, Mr. Impoppable <laughs> will change your life. Certainly will. But, you know, it's, there's a, a kind of an extra weight that's given to that kind of book selling. And it, it is actually harder to sell a children's book than anything else. Wow. People want it to serve a function in a way that, when they read in a in a adult bookstore, mm-hmm. and there is no better picture book wall than where the wild things are. Um, a lot of picture books are spine mm-hmm. out. You know that's a sad day for me when I go and they're all spine out. I'm like, how is anyone going to choose anything? But I know space picture books are big. Yeah. When I go into where the wild things are, it's just heartwarming and it's all beautiful color color coded. It's just it's quite magical, really. It is. I love looking at that wall. <laughs> I love looking at the wall too. I spend way too much money in that shop. <laughs> Everyone. Lunch, it's like, I actually get told, like my, my workmate on Sunday, because so I, I quite often do the sort of lunch cover on a Sunday. She goes, now don't buy a book today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a tax deduction. My kids are going to love it. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, yeah. If you haven't okay. checked out where the wild things are, picture book wall, go to, go on socials or go into the bookshop if you're local and it's worth the trip, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon, what about you? Tell me about how much you love publicity, how it's made you sell so many books, the struggles. Um, well, when I first, my, when my first book came out, Bedtime Daddy, I had no idea about publicity or marketing or the publishing industry, how a book went from your words and your pictures to actually getting made. Um, So I joined a debut um, book group. So debut, so it was in America um, online. So we all were having books released in 2020. So we were debut authors. So we all got together and we were helping each other with the process of um, debuting our books, releasing our books. So I found that really helpful. So we had a marketing plan. So 
um, someone shared that with the group and yeah it's basically I follow it for each book I release so six months out from release date three months out um, and then you know when it gets released the launch and then afterwards promoting it afterwards but um, the thing I find the hardest is you can follow that but then you don't really know what the real impact of your marketing mm. is on the sales of the book so it's I mean, you can obviously see how many books you've sold but when you get your royalties, but you think, well, if I spent all that time marketing, if I didn't spend all that time marketing, would I still sell the same amount of books? So, yeah, it's um, it's very important. Um, but as Trent said, you've got to have fun with it. You can sort of go down a, a wormhole of marketing where you just spend all your time doing that, I think. So, um mm. Sort of get, get get back to it. You know, I'm a writer, and if you, you know, I'm, what I enjoy is writing books more than the marketing and the selling. But yeah, so that's I, I, one thing I do try to promote um, in other writers groups that I'm in, and it's about community as well. So and networking, so having a, a community around you of other writers, and I try and promote uh, reviews. So on Goodreads and Amazon of my books. So um, again, I'm hoping that makes a difference. Um, the number of reviews you have. Um, I'm not sure if that's true as a seller trend, if you look at them. In, um, as... I, I, as, as a bookseller, I don't tend to look at them a lot, um, but I, I know readers do. So, um, yeah, but not everyone as well. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and again, I review other people's books as well. So sort of you've got to give back, you've got to sort of surround yourself by a community, but you also got to give back to the community mm. and um, I'm from Perth so the WA writing community is quite a strong community over here so um, we sort of support each other and same thing go to your local bookshops and um, have launches there and libraries and so it's just that I think it's that networking is very important as well. Mm. But you make an interesting point Sharon about you can do all this publicity and you don't actually know which ones made the difference or if any made the difference but you have to do it anyway and mm. you know it's just that it's it's and that's why I think you know when Trent and Brent said you just got to have fun because you don't know yeah. <laughs> what what impact yeah. it is having. I think what you you do what you find works well for you is what you enjoy. Like if you enjoy yeah. the graphic design, I mean I've learned a lot on Canva. Even tonight I was just doing a sell sheet for my next book. Like let's let's go shopping, mm. grandma's the sell sheet with the um. The, that, the code there so they can go straight to the link and so I can hand that out at libraries or email that to people so that's sort of what I've done lately so you sort of see other authors do things and you think oh that's a good idea I'll give that a go but okay. oh yeah <laughs> I think pinching pinching good publicity ideas from other authors is absolutely the way to go absolutely that's why we're having this conversation here everyone can exactly. use your tips and... everyone's listening making notes we're all making notes yes <laughs> I, I think because at the crux of it we know none of us have it no one has any idea do you know what I mean I speak to other publicists in the industry and everyone's like mm, yeah we do this so mm, you know yeah. <laughs> so nobody knows nobody, nobody knows. knows what really works so you can imagine I mean, I've actually asked like recently because we've got James Foley over here and Sean E. Avery and I've, I asked Sean the other day like do you have a publicist, like a, a marketing person? He goes, no, I do it myself. And he said that him and James do a whole lot of things before the books come out yeah. so that when the book launches, you know, you're so busy, they can just 
So because yeah. I thought they had a publicity, a publicity person because, you know, there was a lot going out at the time. Yeah, well, I heard something interesting about because you know how it takes people usually a couple of times, I think it's nine times or something, to buy something after they've seen it if they're interested in it. So it's quite a long time. And so the theory is when I've spoken to other um, publicists is that, you know, six weeks before your book's released, that's when you kind of start doing your publicity so then when it comes out people are like oh I know that book I'll go and get it and they haven't seen it for the first time but I don't even know if that's right but that's a tip I've heard <laughs> so why not it sounds incredibly scientific I think that is absolutely correct <laughs> it's a science right yeah it's science I think Leon you're the you're, when I was a kid I was the type of kid who if I got a signed business card from a visiting author or illustrator I would keep that for years and years in my special drawer so I, I am a firm believer, and that's where the stickers have come from. And we've done yep. some art cards and all sorts of stuff. I'm a massive believer. If you've got a thing you can hand a kid, um, that's exactly that's exactly that's, that's your in. That's your one. And they don't they don't yeah. care. They oh my gosh, I remember I, I watched a basketball. I don't. I'm not a basketball guy, but as a kid, I went to a basketball game. At the end of that game, I have no idea whether it fits in the level of playing basketball and how pro these guys were. But at the end of the game. Um, this dude went around and he signed some stuff and he signed my thing. And I was so excited that I got a signature from this basketball guy. I went straight home and I traced over his signature with a Sharpie so that it would never go away. And I kept that, <laughs> I kept that piece of paper in my drawer for many, many years until I realized how worthless it actually was. It wouldn't matter if it was Michael Jordan. I destroyed it by tracing over it. But those are the things that the kids, I think kids absolutely adore are the little things they can take away. Oh my gosh, I got, a, I got an autographed business card. I, I think so. Yeah. It, it's Smart really move. special. I mean, when you see, you know, kids give you these little scraps of paper torn off a torn off a writing book or something to sign and, and you think, okay, surely we can do better than that. <laughs> being able to being able to give them a little business card yeah. is just lovely. I think what Brent was saying as well is that I think we underestimate ourselves as authors and illustrators and creatives that we are special to those children. So we think we're, you know, I think I'm Sharon, but to them you're this amazing author. So anything that you give them, they will and cherish and treasure. So I think we have yeah. to sort of realise that we are special, like <laughs> blow our own trumpet a little bit just so because they, they see us completely different to how we see ourselves. Nice. Yeah, I think also uh, th thinking about um, th these particular books, and I'm thinking particularly of Spellhound and of Mister Impoppable. Because oh no, because yours is funny too, isn't it, Sharon? I was I was yeah, looking yeah. at. I, I love that role reversal stuff. I think that's just so funny and so sweet. Um, if your book's funny, your promotion has to be funny. You know, you kind of you you, you can't go out and do this really kind of serious mm. promotion if it's a funny book and 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 we are we are people who make up stories we're people who create these worlds you know we we need to be able to create amazing promotional worlds too and i've kind of really only just started thinking about that i think you know in terms of what needs to happen with promotion to to, to fit to to fit the style of the book i suppose you know to to make the promotion as much fun as the book i think that's really important yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I agree. Now, I just want to ask, I, I love how, you know, everyone's speaking so passionately about their books, each other's books, you know, even publicity, you know, it, I think to be a children's author, there has to be, you know, so much sort of passion and enthusiasm about it. Mm. So I just want to ask each of you, what are you most proud of 
about this book? I'm going to start with you, Brent, just for something different. Uh, gosh, I think um, there were some illustrations in this that I'm, I'm really proud of. And I, I, when you journey through it, there's a, there's a number of Easter eggs that I've not um, had the chance to sort of discuss with anyone, but I, you know, I, I know they're there and I'm really pr- sort of, um, I'm my own fan in, in when I read the book, I'm like, oh, good on me. And, um, and I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing. I don't know whether, it, what it comes down to, but I feel like I can sort of objectively look at my work and enjoy it. And, uh, and that's what I know it's not working or when it's working, it's like, it's like pandering to my own, um, fandom of that, that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm quite proud of some of the illustrations. The pop, the mega burster is, um, it's it's insane. It's an insane thing, <laughs> yes. and it exists in both a two D sort of side view, and then I thought to myself, why not do a three D version of it? And that is that is rendered completely by hand with vanishing points. And I did one version of it, and it was the wrong vanishing point, and I had to redo it after hours of work. Um, and it's like that's a personal triumph for me to be, to, to have that on the page. The that. way that it is, I think, is uh, is pretty special. Mm. Um, but also, like this, this is sort of each thing that I've done is it tends to be a bit of a love letter to something. And this this book for me is very much a love letter to the books of the '60s that I grew up with. Um, a lot of them had thick line work, limited palette. You know, really. Um, I don't know, they were just a bit ridiculous, you know, and I, I've, I've mentioned uh, Duck Feet when I've talked about this before. Um, There's a lot of like Dr. Seuss, he wrote some stuff, but he didn't necessarily illustrate it. Um, uh, and also P.D. Eastman with his uh, Go Dog Go, like these sorts of books, the, they're just so nonsensical, but they're so lovely. Um, and so this book for me was a little bit, cause when I read it, I was like, this is nuts. This is, this is a book that shouldn't really be written today. It should have been, this is the thing that you pull off your shelf and show your kids. Cause you read it as a kid and they're like, what is sticking a pin into him? How, is, how did they get away with that? But here we are and we, we got to do it and it's really cool. So to, to be able to pull this love letter off to that sort of stuff that I grew up with, um, is what I'm most proud of. And, um, maybe someone will pull it out of a thrift bin one day and think it was written that long ago and uh, then be surprised that it was um, it was such a recent thing. But I'm really proud of that. I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful book from that perspective. It is. And, you know, we talk about the sticking the pin in, all that kind of stuff, but no spoiler alerts, but there is a kind of a very sweet element to that book as well, you know, a very uplifting, sweet element, which I think fantastically juxtaposes yeah. the ninjas and the popatron and all those kind of yeah. things. <laughs> and someone said, uh, someone used the term optimistic, uh, mm, and, and, it and, is. and I agree with that. I think it's Absolutely. very it's an optimistic book. Yeah. It is an optimistic book. Trent, what are you most proud of while we're on Mr. Impoppable? I actually think it's that optimism and patience in the book. Um, and it's lightness because I, I mean, my last children's picture book was The Giant in the Sea, which is not a happy book. And my, I tend to write very dark novels. And they, they tend to be quite bittersweet. And this is a book that's very much another aspect of my personality. And I, I really like the lightness and the, and, the, and the patience. And it's the kind of things that I would like. I, I see it in my daughter. when my, She's four and my, my son is two and he likes to whack her. And she's so patient with him. And she's so, it's all those things that Mr. Impoffable 
is too. Wow, I love that. It's like, you know, I'm very proud of that in her. And I like a book that is about, in a way, it is about patience and kindness and, you know, mm. without spoiling anything, Mr. Popable knows that he's fine and he's really, it's it's about him teaching Gerald how to be a better person and, and about friendship. And 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 it, and it does it, it does that without ever explicitly stating that that's what it's about too. Uh-huh. But, yeah. You know, I, actually, I'm very I'm very proud with how it turned out. There was a lot of refinement with this draft, with, with this book. There was, you know, it was like a thousand words long at one point, um, and I really just we refined it down. And I, I feel like, you know, it, it found the right artist as well. And it's just it's it does what I want it to do. And and quite often. When you look back at the things, even at, no matter how much I, I love a lot of things that I've written, I look back at this one and I feel like it works and I, I got it right. And and that's just very satisfying. Mm, yep, I agree with all of that. It is a very special book. Leanne, tell me about Spellhound. What are you proud of? Uh, when I was first starting the process of writing this book and I didn't really know what it was about and I didn't know how I was going to write it or what the voice was going to be like, I wrote a note in my notebook because I have a notebook for each book. I wrote a note in my in my Spellhound notebook. What would my writing look like like if I took more risks and if I was more playful? And this was the book that came out of that. And I'm really proud of the fact that I I kind of I feel as if I went beyond what I had done before. You know, like it's there are ways in which this is a really silly book. You know, in a in, in kind of in some of its humour, um, it's it's kind of both funny and quite dark in places uh, and very serious in places. Again, it's about friendship, which is that lovely perennial theme for for children's books. Um, but yeah, I think I think the fact that I I with the narrator I pushed myself beyond anything I'd done before, and it was such fun to write I don't think I have ever had as much fun writing a book as I had writing that book um and and it I think it shows in the book in the book itself and that's a great question I love that question what would happen if I took more risk in my writing for you creativity like I think that's an amazing question and you know I'd I'd hate to think what Mr Impoppable would have looked like if you wrote that down Trent (laughs) (laughs) I um I have a I I belong to an online writing group um uh, an online critique group and I don't know whether I could have written that book without them because when I started doing the whole thing with the narrator and you know the narrator dropping in and making comments about what was happening I was so unsure about it I, I was having fun doing it but I was really unsure about whether it was too cute or you know like whether, whether it worked or not and so I took it to my writing group and, and they read it and they said, yeah, give us more narrator. Uh, and so that was that was just so, so reassuring. Um, and, and that was uh, that made me press ahead with it. And Leon, you've got a cracker of a writing group. Oh, my word. I have. I have. <laughs> Tristan Banks. Absolutely. Sunny Louise. Deborah Bella. Deborah Bella, Tristan Banks, Zanny Louise and Sarah Armstrong. I mean, come yeah, on. it's, it's like, fantastic. It's like the Marvel it's, community. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's the mafia of the children's writing. Don't world. have to tell us. <laughs> Sharon, what are you most proud of? Uh, well, firstly, I'm most proud of uh, getting it published because um, <laughs> yep. I wrote it back in 
when did I write it back in 2018 so um yeah I think just as authors and we need to be persevere and persistent and just believe in our story and just believe that we want it to be out there in the world and to get published um especially since I've had I had bedtime daddy so that was about the dad then the mom and then the grandma and I, I really wanted it to be as a series but when that didn't happen then I just said to myself well I can you know this I want to get it published it's it's needs to be out there so I just kept um sending it and submitting it and yeah and then um the second thing I'm most proud of is like the intergenerational bond between the grandma and the child I think that's quite sweet mm. and um important that children see grandparents and children in a book together and having fun and you know going to the shops so um that's yeah that's very sweet and I'm also proud of it's not so much me but um Duane who illustrated I'm proud of the um bright colors on her behalf because <laughs> the book has got really bright colors I always think of it as a, like a Bollywood book and um <laughs> and I'm proud of like it's so international I'm in Perth and Dixie Books is in um the UK and Duane's actually from Mumbai so it's like a global mm. book so I'm proud of yeah that as well so and bringing that. lots of people together mm. and I like today it was accidental I just you know see what books are out each month and who I want to be on the podcast and we're all here as children's authors and I just feel like there's a bit of magic and a bit of extra joy um in the conversation today because I can see how you know how how much you love the process even though it's hard we know it's hard but you know the joy of bringing these books into into the mm. kids worlds I think it's a really special yeah. thing and that's so, also as a teacher I, I when I first wrote it I shared the text with the children and then as um, Dwani did the storyboard I shared that with them as well and I the, in my um, teaching I get to teach the children for two years so I shared it to them when they were four and then this year one of the little girls go like just last week she goes Mrs. Giltrey, can you read the um, your book about the old lady going shopping? And I said, oh, I don't have a copy of it, but I have the PDF. So then I read them the PDF. So it was it's, it's like it's nice to include them in the process. Mm, absolutely, it must be so special for the kids in your class to to see you know to see a book begin as the text and then to actually have it become a book. That would be that would be absolutely lovely. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great to see it, and they they all want to be authors. Like today, a little boy came in and said, "I wrote a book, Mrs. Giltro. Um, can you?" I said, "That's great. You know, we could put it in the library." Oh, he goes, "Oh no, no, it has to be printed first. I <laughs> 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 we can do that. I'll print it for you, and we'll put it in the like no, the school library, and so yeah, all so, the bookshops as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't crush their dreams yet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> too early." Mm. So, yeah, they, they all want to be authors or illustrators. So that's I love nice that. That's gorgeous. Mm. Well, thank you so much, everyone, um, sharing your journeys. Um, you know, telling me about all the joy and the struggles, I guess, the challenges with putting books out there. We all know it's not easy, but you know, there's been a real joyful discussion about putting all your wonderful books out in the world. So, thank you so much for being here um, as part of your uh, publicity, I guess, and um, sharing <laughs> sharing your beautiful books with us today. Thanks for having us, Danny. Really yeah, nice yeah. to be here. Yeah.